My name is the Reverend Dr. Mark Andrew Jefferson. I'm a professor of homiletics at the Virginia Theological Seminary. And I am here as a guest for this Holy Week celebration. I'm grateful that you all have invited me into your space, and I thank you for the support you've extended our seminary. I also want to thank you for helping me. Our seminary turns 200 years old next year. In 2023, we celebrate our bicentennial, and the dean and president of our seminary asked if I would preach 200 sermons around the world to commemorate this opportunity. Since 2018, I've been going around the country and around the world, sharing with people just like yourself, from Cape Town to Honolulu, from Shadron, Nebraska to Bar Harbor, from Atlanta to Bainbridge Island, Washington. The gospel has called me into places like this to share with people like you, and it does my heart tremendous good. So thank you for that. Because I'm here, I want to offer gifts. I bring five distinct gifts. I'll be preaching five different sermons over the course of the three days that I'm here. And so this is the third installment of whatever a five-part something is. And I'm glad to be able to share that with you. I want to lift up a couple of passages for our time that we'll briefly reflect upon. And it simply says, as they led Jesus away, they grabbed Simon, a man from Cyrene was coming in from the countryside. They put the cross on his back and made him carry it behind Jesus. For the, th for the time that's ours this evening, I'd like to share briefly from this thought. The church, the cross, and the crossroads. The church, the cross, and the crossroads. I can't imagine the weight. I can't imagine what it feels like to carry history on your back. It's one thing if your shoulders were born for such a task to carry the weight of other people's sins, other people's choices, and other people's realities upon your very person. As a Christian, we look at the cross and we see it as a symbol of our redemption. We understand the cross to be the instrument, yes, of Roman oppression. But yes, it's also a divine lockpick in which God unlocked the power of life from a world that seems to have been encased and ensnared in death. But one of the questions that undergirds our faith that we don't spend much time contemplating is this. Who carried the cross? Simon, of this place called Cyrene in northern Africa, was coming in as a devout Jew seeking to celebrate what was going on in Jerusalem, being drawn by the festivity, by the religious worship, this Simon fellow, sojourning for hundreds of miles just to pay homage to the works and the witness of Yahweh, 
finds himself cast upon the backdrop of salvation history. He's just seeking to be devout. Maybe called out because his skin was a darker hue. Maybe called out because he was the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe he was called out because he had distinguishing features. The text is inconclusive in that regard, but what we do know is this. Simon went from spectator to participator. And maybe that's a great place for us to pause parenthetically because it seems so much that Christianity has become a spectator sport. It's become a place where those who call themselves faithful, allow themselves to be caught in the to and fro of watching the spiritual ball go back and forth, commenting on what's happening but not participating, decrying the ways of the world and the direction that is going but not engaging in the struggle that's theirs. But the difference between our compulsion and need to do it because of our Christian witness and what's happening in the text is that Simon was compelled to carry it. He was made by Roman oppression. He was made by the capital punishment that was placed upon Jesus' head in life. He was compelled to carry the cross. Cross that was too heavy even for our beaten, flogged, and wounded Savior to bear on his own. Now, something to consider. Who put the cross on him? It seems like this crowd in the text could not get enough of his bloodlust. Maybe they were a microcosm. Maybe they were a biopsy of the larger Roman culture that loved this blood, that loved this vengeance, and that loved this punishment. A society that was groomed on blood and nurtured by violence could only treat the God of peace with the same violence they treat one another. It seems that they wanted everything but life and everything but peace. They had the choice to be very clear. They had this fellow named Barabbas. Barabbas, a murderer. Barabbas, a rabble rouser. Barabbas was one who offered very little redeeming social value. But the crowd still chose him. That peace in the human heart that longs for its own destruction, knowing it's not the right choice, but being drawn almost like a magnet to its own dereliction and disappointment. They chose death over life. Dare I say the crowd in its wanton ways placed the cross on the back of this man who just came to worship. And if we're allowed to search our own hearts and to peruse the world that we exist in. Those who carry the cross of what it means to live in a society that is organized by resources and the lack thereof. Those who felt the crush of social and political and economic violence. Jesus came for them.
And yes, we can go and we can look out by the state capitol and we can look on our streets and see those houseless and say, oh, I'm so sorry for them. But my sister and my brother, less than 1% of the world owns 60% of his resources. It seems that we are the ones that we should be pitying. And deeper than that, the cross that is on this man's back, placed by the crowd, placed by the empire, placed by a pilot who found himself pinched between heaven and earth, wanting to do the right thing, but constricted and constrained by the power of his position. We see this going on, and as Simon is carrying the cross, Jesus being whipped and agonizing, sees these women behind him weeping, moaning, and crying, and with breath laboring, he had enough wind to say, don't cry for me. You need to cry for yourselves. Because this world that you're okay with is enough to make God cry. But those misplaced tears should face the realities of what we live in. So yes, we are here commemorating what Jesus has done and we are grateful. But at the same time, we should weep. Yes, for our own Jerusalem. We should weep for our own city, our own nation, our own world as we have fallen in love with inaction. We've turned our back on our neighbor. And if we're not careful, we would turn moments like this into spectacle where we crucify God, crucify God again. The question that I want to press upon you is simply this. Who has to carry the cross in this day, in this time? And how can we lift that burden? How can we carry one another and lift them so that we can be all that God called us to be? Instead of a spectating Christianity that causes the world to say, no, thank you. We're being asked to carry our own cross. But we're also asked to take into account the ways that we've laid the cross upon others. As we await the coming of our God, let us live with the tension of knowing that we are going to carry his cross until the very end. I am your brother. I am your, your, your fellow wayfarer on this journey. We lift each other so that we can lift him high so the world might see the truth that kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about the name of Jesus. Amen.